sweet morning outside. How are you, Sir Java? Hanging in there, Felder. All righty, man. I just want to let y'all know this is a weekly garden party. We call the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It is a Memorial Day weekend broadcast, and I am your host, Horticulture Spell Russian, broadcasting live from Epcot in Disney, Orlando, Florida. We're going to have a good time. We've got some going to be a live program, so if you've got some calls, some things you want to talk about or what's going on or not in your garden, we're going to get the toll-free numbers. But meanwhile, it's a live program, so all you got to do is just give us a call or sit back and relax and let's enjoy this party, this Memorial Day weekend party we call the Consult Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Again, Horticulture's Fell Rushing. We'll be right back after some news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. The Gestalt Gardener is live from Epcot down in Disney in Orlando. How you doing this morning, Sir Java? All right? Yeah, man, you got me working hard, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you tried to mess me up with those numbers a little while ago. And, you know, not only I can't remember numbers, but you're responsible for pushing all the buttons today, so I cannot possibly mess that one up. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm well, trying to keep everything uh, copacetic this morning. Maybe maybe I shouldn't say it. Let me ask you something really important. Is this Memorial Day weekend? Now, yeah, we got we got off to a bad start <laughs> last week, but, yeah, we're okay. This is Memorial Day weekend. You can pull your barbecue grill out. Okay. All right, just want to make sure. Folks, well, we're live. If you've got some things you want to talk about in your garden, uh, I'm, I'm a horticulturist. So I'm a, also a, what I call a so-so gardener. I, you know, I can plant stuff. I can dig a good hole. I can prepare soil. I can compost, grow a few herbs and vegetables, but I'm not great at it. You know, more of a garden expert type thing. So if you have a question or comment or want to share something, give us a call. It's a live program. Uh, MPB makes it possible for us to get together. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, who your mom and them are, anything like that. If you're a gardener, we want to talk with you. If you've got some questions or some solutions, give us a call. It's toll-free, one eight seven seven m P.B. Ring stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring, which is what happens when our call screen is sitting there and everything all lights up. Anyway, if you don't give us a call, Java is going to tell me when the calls come in. Uh, meanwhile, it's a beautiful morning. It's incredible. The weather this past week was just unbelievable, extra cool and all. Even down here in Florida, it's only going to get up in the lower 80s today. But we're going to be talking about what's going on in your garden. Um, one of the things that I wanted to throw out that um, this past week, I had some guys make an extra special thing for me. You know, I grow stuff in the back of my old pickup truck, my dad's old pickup. Been doing it for, I don't know, 25 years or more. And uh, it's in a metal box in the back of a pickup truck that's painted John Deere green. Well, I had uh, some folks in Oklahoma gave me a little truck that's uh, painted, it's a little metal truck to have it painted John Deere green, just like my big truck. And I had some guys make a little box to fit on the back of it. I've got succulents and sedums and little small miniature things, even a miniature bottle tree made with blue bees in the back of it. But the box is made by some guys at a place called Carl's Sheet Metal. Now, I don't advertise stuff, but guys at Carl's Sheet Metal, they, they do the regular stuff, you know, horse stuff and factory stuff and smokestacks and all, but they also make things for brain surgeons that they can rest their arms on when they get tired. and You know, little details like that, all sorts of specialty stuff. 
Anyway, Carl Sheet Metal guys made two little boxes that fit perfectly in the back of my little truck. They're about the size of two decks of cards, I guess. Got some holes drilled in it for drainage, and I've got them planted so I can swap them out depending on what kind of group I'm talking to. So anyway, hats off to the guys at Carl Sheet Metal because they not only work with brain surgeons, but they work with me too. So anyway, that's a whole lot of fun. Um, one of the things I did this past week is um, laugh at one of my neighbors. He was out pruning stuff in his front yard with one of those little small chainsaws hooked on the end of a of a chainsaw engine. Anyway, he was out pruning some shrubs, you know, making things in little meatball shapes and, and all. And he was headed towards some mandinas that were in full bloom. These are the kind of leathered, uh, layered, feathery plants that have um, – uh, really pretty berries in the wintertime, red berries. Anyway, he was headed right towards him, and I saw his wife running towards him, hollering at him to don't prune the nandinas. And he couldn't hear anything because they had earplugs and running a chainsaw thing. Anyway, just as she got to him, whop, he, he, he took the nandinas off about knee high. It was great. And she was hollering at him, and all she could do was roll her eyes because he didn't even hear a thing. Anyway, chainsaw massacre right there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we've got a call from Covington. It's Lee calling my tomato plants. Hey, Lee, how are you this morning? Hello. I, I can't. I can't hear Lee. And it ain't me pushing buttons that I know of. Lee's on. Go ahead. Hey, Lee, how are you this morning? Good, good. Try not to push the wrong button myself. <laughs> What's up, man? How, how, did, did you get get enough rain this past week? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, fill my yeah. buckets up. I'm a yeah, bucket farmer. I am, too. I am, too. I grow in five-gallon buckets. Uh, how about you? Yeah. Bigger or smaller? Five-gallon buckets used to have paint in them, and, um, you know, they, they they do pretty good. But I'm wondering, uh, of course, I fill them up with uh, potting soil and other stuff. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and I use the slow-release um, fertilizer. Uh, uh, yeah. But when I'm digging around in it now, uh, I find little pellets of fertilizer still in there i wonder if it's still active or whether i need to add to it or is there any way to tell where from, those are these from last year yeah yeah uh you used the, the osmocote the little round bb size things exactly right. yeah, okay if if you take some between your finger if you mash them if they pop and enough of a liquid in there what happens they start out full of dry fertilizer and over time, it oh. slowly gets replaced with water. So there'll still be a little bit of residue, maybe at the bottom of them, you know, if you can find the bottom. But mm-hmm. if they pop and they're just full of liquid, then all the fertilizer is gone. The, the the inside stuff gets replaced by the water. It's a process called osmosis. But typically, yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're, they're only going to last, uh, you know, I'm going to say a season. Yeah, okay. Well, just wanted to make sure I wasn't... Um over fertilizing and I have a tendency to do that and over water too so I have to really now, watch myself. Let me ask, let me ask you this when you're sure. you know when, when you're mixing your potting soil up you you just refresh you take it all out and fluff fl- no, it back in. I've been I've been um just adding to it and you know using a trowel to mix it all together and uh, yeah, bring it up to about 3 inches below the rim of the the bucket. Yeah, I'd say at least every couple of years, if not every year, I would just dump it out, fluff really? it up, maybe okay. add a little bit of stuff to it because potting soil, uh, you know, it decomposes. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, uh-huh. it's not. You know, so and if you'll just dump it out, add just a little stuff to it, maybe some compost or some more potting soil, fluff it up and put it back in. You'll have deeper, quicker roots. Uh-huh. It doesn't pack down as much. You'll have better drainage. Okay. Well, I was having some problem last year with it holding too much water. 
Yeah. So that's uh, probably... what, what what I do with mine is they have this stuff called well, it's called grit. It's not sand. It's more like kitty litter. You know, it's little chunks of uh, yeah. It's yeah, uh, puffed up clay. Uh, you know, I add that to my potting soil. What happens when you water? Water goes straight down, and you know, it, it the extra water drains out. But more important, it lets mm-hmm. air get down deep, and that's the key to having deep roots. Is then I could grow where the mm-hmm. water, where, where the potting soil stays soggy all the time. So adding a little grit yeah. or something like that really helps uh, have deeper, deeper roots. Yeah. Okay. One other question. Um, I got the last run of tomato plants from the garden center here in Covington. They're about I don't know 15 inches high and not Ooh. even as big around as a <laughs> as a pencil. Yeah. How deep yeah. can I plant those things? I mean, when I was a kid, plants like that we'd lay down in a furrow uh, yeah. lengthwise. That's, it's, but how, it's a good it's a good question. Tomatoes are about the only vegetable that will root up and down a stem. You can't do this with peppers, but you can go ahead and bury those things all the way up to just the top uh, three or four leaves, and it'll root up okay. and down the stem. Okay, got you. All right, brother. All righty, man. Hey, uh, one, one other one other question. Do you paint your buckets sure. or leave them as is? <laughs> I got Come a blue on. one. I got a gray one. I got one that says Lowe's. I got one uh, <laughs> a white one even. And it, what it, I did? What I did was I, I put on a pair. I put on a pair of plastic gloves, and uh, I spray uh-huh. painted big big circles on mine with one color. Then you put the plastic glove on, put your hand over, it, spray paint it with a different color. And when you pull it off, you oh. get a handshake, a colorful handshake. And it, it, it just makes it look like you care. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I hope I have the energy to, to follow through have, with that. Have some fun, man. No, nothing like a little paint. To, you know, while you're waiting for your tomatoes. Well, one thing I did notice is I had a black bucket that I used one one year. And that thing dried out. I mean, same holes drill, same bottom stuff in the yeah, bottom. It, it gets hot. And it, it, it got, hot. yeah. Uh, I didn't have any yield out of that one at all. All right, fellas, thank you, sir. Appreciate your program. You bet, Lee. Appreciate that. Okay, folks, we're talking. Appreciate it. Uh, If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Is that you, Java? Yes, sir. We're still here. (laughs) All righty. Hey, listen, this past week I I planted some stuff out in front of my yard. Um, I planted some zero-scape stuff. It's kind of a slope that goes right down to the street. Really, really hot. It's going to be really dry. And I found all sorts of little wildflower plants that I could put out there. Uh, I got a little gym magnolia and some yuccas and uh vitex tree, but also I've got some, some native grasses, uh uh and I've got some some flowers that will bloom all summer and fall that are great for butterflies and hummingbirds, but they're native to the prairies out west in Texas and Mexico. So they don't need as much water, they love heat. Now things like um uh there's one plant called Hyssop, H Y S S O P, Agastache. It's a uh, it smells kind of like licorice, the leaves, but it blooms all the time, native to New Mexico and Arizona. Uh, but I've also got some uh, this plant called Gara, G A U R A, some purple coneflowers, uh, and some tall verbenas. But these are plants that I'm going to put out there. I put most of them out already. Mulch and watermen real good, and they will bloom literally until frost, covered with butterflies surrounded by hummingbirds and bees and stuff like that with no really probably no maybe one or two waterings over the whole summer anyway just want to let you know folks there are plants that like the hot sun that don't need a whole bunch of care that are pretty plus they're good for pollinators 
Hey Felder, before we take our uh, first break, um, uh-huh. have you uh, have you wrote, written any riots out there in, in, in Disney World yet? No, I got I got in uh, yesterday. You know, they're, they I'm, I'm, they had this international flower festival. They've been doing it for about twenty five years, and this is my sixth or seventh or eighth time to to do. And I give two talks a day, uh, you know, for several days. And uh, in between the talks, I just hang out. But when I'm done, I'm stuck in Disney. Got nothing to do but wander around and. Um, second ago, the monorail just drove by on its way to the Magic Kingdom from Epcot. But anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a break, folks. I'm broadcasting live from the International Flower Festival at Epcot in Disney. And it's a fabulous event. Uh, tomorrow is the National Hibiscus Society Show. Going to be all sorts of hibiscus here. But I'm going to be re- uh, just mostly chatting with you for the next uh, few minutes about what's going on in your garden in the Deep South. So give us a call. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's one of many local productions of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we're broadcasting this program live from Epcot at the International Flower Festival. And uh, we want to go down to Dolphin Island down in lower eastern, uh, western lower Alabama, and talk to Susan. Good morning, Susan. How are you? Good morning. I'm just fine. Howdy. I got a question for you. Okay. We have a grapefruit tree that's probably about three years old. The first year that it was in the ground, it I think it probably had about 11 to tw- maybe 15, as many as 15 grapefruit. But uh-huh. it has not bloomed since, and we've had no fruit. So, you know, our lemons, our olives, our pomegranates, everything else is happening, not the grapefruit. What do you think we've done? Well, I'm not sure. Um, you know, there's different possibilities. This is in the ground, right? It's in the ground. Okay, and you're fertilizing. You, do you prune it at all? I don't think it's been pruned. Now, I will admit, I've only been here since January. We got married, yeah. and I moved down here at the beginning of the year. So I don't know that it's ever been pruned. Well, this is a, this is a thing that... Uh, every, you know, of course, I'm down at, when I get coming down to Orlando. I saw, went right through a whole bunch of grapefruit and orange groves and all like that. Mm-hmm. All com- all commercial growers prune their trees, and oh. it's not just not just to make it where they can pick them, but the energy that goes into what you cut off goes to what's left. It invigorates the trees. It makes them more vigorous and productive. So, you know, at the very least, sometime this this year, before next year, if you'll just thin out a few of the limbs, okay. you know, maybe just one or two, and then stand back and look at it, and then go back and thin out some of the branches that are left. Uh, this opens the tree up, but also it invigorates the tree. You don't have to push it with a lot of fertilizer that way. Okay. Um, also, I wonder if maybe the original thing might have died and the graft has sprouted back out. Does this have a lot of thorns on it by any chance? Yes. Okay, it might be. If it, see if you can find some grapefruit trees in, in the area and compare the leaves because 
these plants are almost always grafted, and sometimes the top part will die and the rootstock will sprout out, and it's a lot of times just a kind of a wild orange lemon type of thing. It's, so anyway, th- this, these are just guesses. They're so wait, just general if that's the case, are you saying this may not be a fruit-bearing tree at this point? It might not be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's what happens. A lot of times the grafted part dies and the rootstock sprouts, or oh. the rootstock sprouts and takes over the upper part. You know, again, I, I, this is just a real good general guess here because this happens more than people realize, even in commercial groves. Um, so anyway, the, about all I can recommend, other than light fertilizing, not heavy, and an occasional deep soaking, not very often, you know, maybe once a month through the summertime, a good, good deep soaking mm-hmm. is pruning, and that's a, that's all we can do. Okay. All right, well, we'll a, check that out. Um, yeah, it's not any kind of insect or disease, something you can spray for. So No, you know, and, and honestly, it. it looks very healthy. Yep. Just, so, just well, no let's, let's try flowers. Flowers yeah, are fruit. Have you fertilized them this year? No. Okay. Uh, fruit trees need a fertilizer, but if you thin it out, all of a sudden it's going to have, you know, all the roots are going to be there. So if you if you uh, prune it very much, don't push it with fertilizer because you'll get all leafy growth. So I would try, try just pruning it this year and scatter a little fertilizer way under the outer spread of the branches and uh, and just see what happens. Okay. We'll give it a shot. Okay. Can by I the way. One extra you, question? Okay, sure. We have a beautiful rose bush we bought and put it in a pot, and it looks gorgeous. It's It's got these incredible lavender-colored blooms on it. Uh-huh. But I'm not a real rose maven. I don't know about – I've heard about deadheading. Um, as the flower dies, I want to take the, the dead part off, correct? Well, if you want to. You don't have to. No? No. You know, okay, and, it, and so it, if one were to deadhead, are you just going where the petals are, or do you cut the cut it down the length of the stem? Okay, well, for, first of all, you don't have to do it at all, so that's okay. sort of a given. Okay. And you can cut it back as far as you want, but if you'll follow the branch from the from the flower bud all the way back to where it started growing this spring, yes. you want to you want to leave at least half of that. Okay. And what some people, if we want to take it a little bit step further, this is, you know, real left brain here, but if you'll cut it right above a leaf that's pointing outward, the new growth is going to come come out from the bud right below where you make your cut. So if you cut it above a leaf or a bud that's pointing outward, the plant will bush outward instead of growing all cluttered up inside. It's okay, just good. one of those That's super, a great suggestion. Leaf. Thank you. It's, it's, don't you wish we could do eyebrows that way? <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Appreciate it. And by the way, you know, out on the, uh, the eastern end of the island, uh, the uh, estuary out there, yeah, it has it has got the most incredible planting of butterfly and hummingbird plants. It's just one of the best it, along the Gulf Coast. We've been admiring it all week. <laughs> well, cool, cool, everything's cool. in bloom well, right now. Well, I appreciate you calling. Yeah, call us anytime, Susan. Thanks Thank for your you. Help. Bye. Alrighty. Alrighty, folks, we're going to be talking about gardening right up until the end of the hour. Got some cheesy music. Well, it's not really that cheesy. It's kind of inspirational, I guess. But before we get into that, let me mention this. I dug up all of my garlic this past week. I was following the, the lead of Bill Finch, who writes for the Mobile Press Register. Uh, Bill's a, an old horticulturist friend of mine. And uh, he was recommending different kinds of garlic that will do well in the lower south. Some garlic does better up in Iowa and Minnesota. And I planted six different kinds, and I dug them up this past week. And lo and behold, the one that produced the best was the one that I got from my great-grandmother's garden, just an old pass-along plant. And my friend Jesse Yancey calls it Pocahontas. 
I call it big grandmamas. But anyway, if you want to grow some really good garlic, find something that's growing in somebody else's yard and get a piece of that <laughs> instead of trying all these expensive, weird things. Anyway, let's take a, a little break and listen to some relaxing music from Disney while I catch my breath and look around at some of these wonderful topiaries. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener's production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener from Disney's Epcot right after this. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Rushing. We're broadcasting live today from Epcot, from the International Flower Festival. I'm going to be giving talks at noon and 3 o'clock over the next several days. And uh, But it is live. You're going to give us a call, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. By the way, this Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people uh, may not under- realize you know, what the significance is, but uh, after the Civil War, uh, women started decorating graves, and they they put flags on uh, graves of, of uh, soldiers past... Uh, 
regardless of what side they were on. A lot of people don't realize that, uh, uh, that it started in Mississippi. There's several places that started Decoration Day about the same time. One of the most famous is, is uh, the cemetery in Columbus, uh, where they started decorating graves. But a lot of people don't realize that, that before that, a year ahead of time, and it wasn't the Friendship Cemetery in Columbus, but it was the Greenwood Cemetery in Jackson uh, where they started decorating the graves a year before Columbus did. Uh, April uh, 1865, a group of friends gathered at a place called the Oaks, which is still around, home of a former mayor, uh, James Boyd. Uh, anyway, Sue Landon Adams was a niece of a senator, and uh, she was a wartime nurse. She started decorating graves, got a whole bunch of folks to come out, um, sent a uh, notice to the newspaper. The women from all over Jackson came to join her, and they started decorating the graves. And that was, uh, uh, and they even had a military band. Uh, Colonel McFarland uh, had his troops band playing Handel's The Dead March from his song or- oratorio. Anyway, the graves are strewn with flowers, and um, she uh, did all the graves regardless. But anyway, this was something that became a national trend, and it spread all over the country, ended up in what we call Decoration Day, is now called Memorial Day. Anyway, we appreciate the solemnity of that. But also, I want to tell folks this is the official beginning of summertime. So folks want to get out, especially our friends up north where it's been cold all this time, and start uh, enjoying the great outdoors. No better way to do it than grow a pot full of herbs, uh, some rosemary, some oregano, maybe some basil, even in a pot, something you can enjoy all summer long in your in your summer cooking. Some basil goes really good with the homegrown tomatoes and cucumbers, mighty, mighty fine. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring if you want to talk about gardening. Meanwhile, let's go down to Pass Christiane and talk with Mike. Good morning, Mike. How are you this morning? Hey, great, fellas. I really good. enjoyed your show. Uh, Thanks. Gonna Appreciate it. going to be a new uh, person in Mississippi. We're retiring and We've moved to past Christian, but I got a couple of questions. You all right. Hey, with, first of uh, all, where are you moving from? Uh, Southern Tennessee. Okay, Southern Tennessee. You know, it's a long, skinny state. We think of East or West Tennessee, not not Southern Tennessee. Central and the very Okay. Well, what can we help you with? I, uh, in the process of uh, getting the garden started, I got a pretty good start, but I. Uh, I've noticed something that I've not seen before uh, as I've gardened in Tennessee. I've had a few tomato blooms that uh, have bloomed, look good, and then fall off behind the bloom. Is that an insect issue, or is that something in the ground? That well, it's, it's neither. It has to do with weather. Uh, tomato plant, if the if the if the uh, flower doesn't get pollinated, and they're pollinated by wind, but also insects sort of jiggling around a little bit. If for any reason the the the, the flower is not going to make a good fruit, it'll simply shed like it's been snipped off. So sometimes even those yep. small tomatoes will. Beans will do this, and peppers will do it. And a lot of times, it's related to uh, to fertilizer or water. Sometimes when it gets really hot this summer, you're going to find this real common when it gets above 95 and stays there. Tomato, pepper, and bean flour just shed from, from high temperature. So, uh, you know, the main thing is give them some fertilizer, but don't overdo it. They need a little fertilizer. Too much makes them uh, grow real leggy, but also it throws the flowers off the plants. And try not to keep them too wet or let them get just wilted dry. So, you know, keep them moist. Yeah, I'm not. A little bit of, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much on watering, you know, maybe once a week or 10 days. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll just make one more, 
let me make one more comment. You talked with Jenna a few weeks ago about some Meyer lemons, improved Meyer lemons, and you told yeah. her go ahead and put them out and try to protect them and cut them back 12 inches above the ground. I'm yeah. telling you, when she about passed out when you told her that. <laughs> well, did she do it, though? We have done it. We are in the process of doing it, yes. Yeah, well, the, the main thing, keep an eye on it. If you can see where the graft is, make sure that nothing below the graft sprouts out. But as long as it sprouts back out above the graft, those are going to be the main limbs of the tree for the for the rest of its life. And you'll be glad you did. Yeah, the, are, are those grafts uh, like from a thorn bush or something? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not a, it, it's, it's from a plant that has a lot of thorns and it has leaf, the each leaf has three leaflets on it and they make little small furry golf ball type things. They even grew up in the Tennessee. But, yeah, uh, they're, they're, I, I, that's, that's why I mentioned that up home, there'll be guys that'll go to the mountains and, uh, and they'll dig those little thorns. Yeah. Well, that, that's, they'll that's, dig those. yeah. Well, they, you know, they make little, little furry lemon looking things, real sour, a lot of seeds, but, um, Nothing like what it is that you want to eat. You got anyway, it. Well, I appreciate well, your help. Welcome to the past, man. Hey, I'm proud to be here. Thank you so much. We enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, folks, this is a lot of things that can be done this weekend um, as far as planting for the summertime. We do have trouble with tomatoes and peppers when it gets really, really hot, but don't give up. If you can set out tomato plants and pepper plants as late as the end of July, 1st of August, they will actually outproduce those that you try to keep going all summer long because uh, the ones in the summer are going to shut down when it gets hot. So don't worry. Don't feel like you're in a big rush. People up north are just now planting their gardens, and we've had stuff in the ground for a month and a half. So how's it going, Sir Java? Uh, it's going good over here, Felder. I, um, just, uh, was thinking about <laughs> how you always say I need to bring my, bring my little one over to your, over to your house. And, you know, you at Disney where it's all about the kids. Um, he was actually with my grandmother, uh, well with his grandmother just yesterday and they were in the garden getting dirty. Just like you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did, didn't you you sent me a picture of him last week. He was watering some plants. He just likes to water a lot. Yeah. But this, this, um, time they actually potted some, they had the potting soil and he had a little shovel and she was showing him how to put them in the pot. And they actually potted a couple of plants. She is raising him right. Raising <laughs> him right. So, and I, I always encourage that. By the way, I, I worked with, uh, years and years ago, I helped design the children's garden at Epcot. A lot of people don't realize I do a lot of that kind of stuff, but uh, working with the, the American Horticulture Society, and um, we're always looking for things that, that that grab children's attention where they learn stuff without having to overthink it. You know, tomatoes and peppers and stuff. Kids don't do that, but uh, oregano, basil, rosemary—they can cut that stuff and help mama or daddy cook some spaghetti or chili or pizza. They can make stuff in their own garden. So I would think about getting them a little basil plant and a oregano plant and um you know the, you don't have to do anything you don't have to worry about flowers and fruit and diseases and stuff they just grow and then so you always good. talk about those plants that you could just you know, just say grow on an ashtray on top of a tv <laughs> those yeah, tough I'm, those tough plants a lot of the plants in my garden java uh are the kind you see in old cemeteries i'm thinking i grow stuff that dead people can grow you know they don't need any kind of care but uh, if you want to start kids out with something, something that smells good that they can eat. And uh, ba- oregano goes with pizza, with chili, with just about anything. 
and uh, all they got to do is snip a few leaves and can't hurt them. Don't have to worry about sprays and all that kind of stuff. That's a good way to start them out is with with uh, edible herbs. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We can get them come over. We'll 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 we'll, we'll pick up on where Grandmama started. Yeah, she's starting them off right. I was I was surprised. He had gloves on and everything. Was, I'm, I'm gonna have to send you the picture. <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you the picture. Do that. Do that. And uh, I'm having some folks take pictures of me uh, broadcasting this program from from some topiaries. You know, people talk about you shouldn't prune crepe myrtles because it's unnatural. Well, wait till you see what they do to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> anyway, you want to give us a call? It's one eight seven seven MPB ring. We're broadcasting live. Uh, we got any kind of calls on the line yet? Uh, not yet. They they want to hear about uh <laughs> to hear about this Orlando. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what. Why don't you play that? I got a little short tune, about sixty seconds or so of another tune. And uh, while folks call in, and and uh, we're going to be talking about gardening right up until the end of the hour. And also remind folks if you want to email me, garden at mpbonline.org. I'm working through an incredible backlog of emails right now, but I'm trying to catch up to them as quick as I can. But shoot us an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, we're going to take, uh, take a, uh, about a minute to listen to some cheesy music while you give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. This is the Control Garden. Now, Felder, with that yeah. song, that small world. Now, I know yeah. this. You're at the happiest place on earth, That's but right. but some people they 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 find it very very creepy. I don't know. Well, you'll find you'll find lots of people who think that's kind of creepy. <laughs> the well, small it, world. It, it is irritating, especially if you've ever gone on that ride. The small small world. It is really irritating. That's okay. The flowers here. They're growing so many things in containers. Flowers, herbs, vegetables. Mixing them all up, big pots. Big pots don't need as much watering as small pots, but they'll t- they'll take four or five really big pots and cluster them together and plant mixture of flowers, vegetables, and herbs, and and it looks great. It's colorful and uh, such an easy thing to do. Even if you got a big yard, these are easy to do on the on the, the back porch or the patio, or even if you live in an apartment, have just a small balcony. It's a real easy way to mix things up. And the only advice I can give folks. If you want to make people think you know what you're doing, take something tall and spiky, something kind of roundy and something kind of frilly and put them in the same pot. You know, you can mix oregano that cascades over with some basil with a pepper plant, and you got something that looks great. When you're tired of looking at it, you can eat it. So let's go up to Tupelo and talk with J.W. Good morning, J.W. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, what's, what's up? I've got a question about figs and muscadine okay so i need two fig trees male and female nope okay how about but, the muscadine? But, well maybe 
It was first okay. of all, as far as figs, there's a lot of different fig varieties. The most common is called brown turkey. See if right. you can find one called Celeste. Starts with a C. Celeste is C- going to be your C E L E S T E. Celeste. Anyway, Celeste is your best main one, and then you can, if you want another one, put a brown turkey out there. Uh, they're 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 different varieties and they produce a little differently. But Celeste is the one I start with. Um, as far as muscat eyes, we have two kinds. We have those those that are self fertile that'll pollinate themselves, and there's some that are that are female only. And uh, female only have to get pollen from another one, but they can get pollen from the self pollinating ones. So start with one that's called self fertile, and they got names like Carlos and Noble. And one of those will do all by itself, but then you can add any other variety. If it's the female only, it'll get pollen from the first one. Okay. I, now, what kind of uh, structure would I build for the musket dimes to run on? Okay. I, the, uh, uh, keep, keep, keep in mind, J.W., that my family had the oldest winery in the state, musket since Prohibition. I've been growing musket since the 1970s. And if I were going to do it in my own yard, I would keep it as simple as possible. Put you a post every 10 feet and a vine every 20 feet with one wire. A post okay. every 10 feet with a wire about chin high. Make them a sturdy post because these things can make 60, 80, 100 pounds per vine. But a single wire about chin high and put a vine every 20 feet. And you want to grow it to where it comes up and branches out and has two 10-foot arms, one in each direction. That is okay. the easiest way to grow them, easiest way to pick them, easiest way to prune them. So I'm going to need 30 feet at, at least for one one vine. No, just 20, 20 feet. Okay. Three, three posts, you know, 10 feet apart, and put a, you know, put a, a, the, the vine by the middle one. Okay. And if you want, if you want two vines, you're going to need 40 feet. Okay. Yeah, my backyard, I'd have to. I got a big oak tree that shades a whole lot of it. Yeah. But I, I was wanting to put it on a uh, by a fence that gets some sun. Well, you can do it on the fence. It's just gonna be harder to prune it because you know, they they'll they'll tie everything up. You got to prune these pretty hard every year. Uh, and I, I can you. help you with that with you know with pictures later. But main thing okay. is uh, they need about twenty feet per vine. Okay. Well. I... I'm kind of resistant to the Celeste because I had a girlfriend one time named Celeste, and can't help you with that, brother. Well, can't help you with that, and not only that, but I'm not going to make any jokes. But that's okay. <laughs> it it was uh, it was terrifying enough. Thank you, Felder. I appreciate right. your help. Maybe maybe have better luck with the Celeste fig. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Good 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 luck, man. Appreciate your call. Okay. Now, let's go to Joey. He's calling from Tremont wants to talk about herbs, right? Go ahead, Joey. Hey, Joey. Good morning. How you doing, Mr. Powell? So far, so good. And by the way, I say herbs with an H because it's got an H in it. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> the actual pronunciation, if you look in OED, is herb. Well, actually, it's not. The, the French say herb. The British say herb. By the way, I just gave a talk last week to the, to the American Herb Society, the national meeting, and it's either either or neither neither, but uh, the British say it with an H. So anyway, tomato, yeah, tomato, tomato. Right. Now, my question is, I can grow any kind of herb, chives, whatever. Yeah. Except for rosemary, and. Uh, 
lime and oregano. Okay. Now, what's yeah. the problem? Well, all three of those need full sun, but they also need good drainage. They will not tolerate staying wet. And if they you keep them wet, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're, to me, they're among the, as long as they, I grow them in buckets. But uh, uh, rosemary grow in the ground, but you need to loosen, when you, when you buy one of these plants, loosen up the potting soil and the roots so it's not in that pot shape and grow them in something a little bit better than plain old potting soil. So uh, well, if plant, you go ahead. from seeds. Oh, well, I, I, I've never grown any of those from seed because they're so easy from cutting. All three of them are easy, easy, easy from rooted cuttings. And, uh, you know, if you get your little plant started, it's going to be almost hard to, to, to kill except with water, too much water. But I've never tried growing any of them from seed because they're so easy and so much faster from a little piece of it. I've, I've rooted rosemary that was that I, I got it stuck in some mashed potatoes as a garnish. That's how easy, that's how easy rosemary is to root. So and see if you can get them to start with some little plants and put them out in the sun. Don't keep them wet and see if I mean, they, they'll do a whole lot better that way. All right. Well, I do appreciate your advice. Okay, Joey. Good luck on it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I'll try my herbs. Yeah, herbs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You bet. Now, it's uh, tomato, tomato, oregano, oregano, but the French say herb, the British say herb. We can call it whatever. The only time you're wrong is somebody tries to correct you on that one. And like I said, I just gave a talk to the to the National Meeting of the, Ameri- the Herb Society of America, and they just really don't care that much. So uh, let me see. Have we got time to go up to Albany and talk to Alpha? Albany, yes, Georgia? Albany, where is Albany, Georgia? Alpha? Yes. Hi, Felder. I just want Howdy. to tell you I'm a fan of your show. My dad listens to your show, and he told me about it, so I started listening. Well, my hey, question we- is, um, I live here in Albany, Georgia, and we had a tornado here, actually consecutive. There's one January 2nd, and the other came January 22nd. And wow. we lost three of our southern magnolias. Yep. And I want to ask you, I see, like, little leaves where the actual tree stood, and it's just like a stump, and they're sprouting out. Will that tree, will they grow back? Oh, yeah, they'll grow back. But now you're always going to have kind of a little, you know, eventually the stump is going to rot. So there's going to be little plants growing around a rim, like around the edge of a volcano. Yes, sir. Okay. And what they'll do, and, and when they when they sprout alpha, they're going to grow really fast because the roots are still intact. So they're going to really, really jump. But uh, okay. what, what, I, what I would think is they're buying you some time. If you can go, go to a garden center and find you some little magnolias, I'm talking about knee-high, waist-high, chest-high, some small, cheap ones. Okay. Plant, loosen up the potting soil, loosen up the roots. Those will outgrow a bigger one. So I would put some little ones out there and let your stump ones sort of buy you some time until they get some size on them. Okay. So the little gem magnolias, that would be a good alternative then? Just L- little, uh, little gem is my favorite for a small space. You know, they don't get big. They're more like a great big camellia bush than anything. But they're really good for a kind of a small space, almost like a hedge plant. But if, okay. you want a, uh, if you, but if you want a, uh, a, another regular southern magnolia, one mm-hmm. that's, you know, that kind of gets big, one that's only waist high or so will outgrow a bigger, expensive one every time. Okay, okay. We need something here, Albany. You all pray for Albany. Um, okay. We're just glad to be alive. Um, and I know I said we can replace things, and the Lord will give us more time, like, to grow trees. I know my dad won't see it in his lifetime. He'll be 74 in November, 
but if we could well, plant trees just for them to grow back, um, just for them to see it. Well, listen, the one called Little Jim is is the longest-blooming magnolia, and it's small. And you put one of those out there, it'll bloom this year. So you don't have to wait till it gets big to enjoy it. Okay, okay. I appreciate give them, that, Father. Give them a big old hug for me, will you? Yes, sir, I will. Appreciate your call, you. lady. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, Java, how we doing? We do, are we uh Yeah, let's go ahead and take our last break and then um if we, even if we don't get any more calls, we can uh I got a few emails that just came in that we can uh okay, talk about. All righty, let's do that. Let's do that. Folks, I'm horticulture's fell to rushing. I've been wandering around outside under the shadow of the monorail here at Epcot, Disney by the topiaries of Mickey and Minnie and Goofy. Still trying to figure out what Goofy is. Because Pluto was a dog. Goofy looks like a dog, but he's got a hat on and wears pants. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to take some pictures of me broadcasting from my phone and my, my headphones by these topiaries. And be back with more of your calls with the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, dope folks, welcome back to Horticulture's Fellow Rushing here. How are we doing, Sir Java? Uh, let's see. We are sitting at nine fifty two, fifty seven, fifty eight, fifty nine. So now we are nine fifty three on this beautiful Friday. Man, it is pretty down here at Epcot too. I got to tell you that the way they they do stuff at every little corner here, they put two or three or four different size containers with colorful stuff and a cheerful stuff. But they're choosing plants that really grow well without a whole bunch of care because they got other stuff on their minds. Well, we can do that too. Now, we talked about this a little bit on our other program uh, here at MPB Creature Comforts. Um, how many, I guess, uh, they probably bringing in a lot of plants uh, in, 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 um, to Orlando that may not be native, but they look pretty? You see, you see a lot of that? Yeah, we, we do. You know, there's a, there's a big debate with some people want to have all native plants and I mean imported plants. I'm thinking, shut up. Just plant what you want to do. <laughs> it was, I mean, some of our native plants are worse weeds than poison ivy and oak trees. So uh, it's just a matter you don't want to plant kudzu and really, really bad stuff. But uh, it, the, the all native versus imported stuff, you know, I just people just need to lighten up on that. That's all it is to it. I got an email this past week from a guy giving me a hard time about Roundup again, and I don't want to get into it because I'm not talking about genetically modified organisms or spraying myself for 10 years on the farm. I'm talking about squirting some poison ivy in my driveway, and that works. I don't, you know, I don't want to get into stuff from people who are extremists on anything, anything at all. It's gardening, folks. Can't we get along? Uh, one of the things that I want to mention is we've got um, – uh, well, before I get to that, let's talk to Corey from Madison. Hey, Corey, how are you this morning? Corinne. Hello. Good morning. 
Good morning. Hey there. Two, Thanks. Good morning. I have two Howdy. unrelated questions. One, okay. I want to plant some planters to go on my daughter's screen porch in Little Rock. Yeah. It's colder up there. The sun hits it directly only maybe from 4.30 in the afternoon to 6.30. Okay. So I wanted a tall plant that, um, you know, and then I'm going to do the flowy and the, you know, roundy. Yeah. But it's the tall one I'm concerned about what would do well. Is, is this going to be out? Is, is this yes. Is this enclosed in the wintertime or is it going to be cold in the wintertime? No, no, it is a screen porch year-round. How tall are we talking about? Counting the mm, container. Maybe five feet. Let's put a Nandina oh, in thanks. it. You know what Nandina is? Oh, I've got lots of them in my yard. Yeah, I hadn't even they, thought about that for a planter. They, they, and they grow so well in containers because they don't need a bunch of care, and they're pretty, and they'll take that part sun, part shade. That's a good one to start with, and you okay. cannot go wrong with it. Cannot go Fantastic. wrong with it. Never would have thought of that. All right, second unrelated question. So when I travel this summer, is it best to put saucers under all my tomato plants to collect water when my neighbor waters them, or is that not a good, a good idea for it, them to sit? As, as long as your neighbor's not overwatering and they don't stand in water, then that'll buy you a couple of days because it'll soak up that extra water. So it's a good idea. Put some okay. pot feet under them, though. Put some little rocks or smashed up beer cans or something up under so okay. the saucers are up off the ground uh, a half inch or so. Those will keep them oh, from so leaving the a spot. the themselves are off the ground. Yeah, just put, you know, the beer can top. Anything, just okay. get it up off the top. It won't leave a stain. Oh, Okay, that's going to be that's in the ground. It's on the ground. So oh, oh, in the ground. Oh, on the ground. Yeah. Well, no, no, forget it then. Okay. No, no right. big deal. Right. And tell, tell your neighbor to water twice. Water everything twice. Once, and when she gets done, go back and hit it a second time. That second one really soaks in. Great. Thank you very much. All righty. By, by the way, love Little Rock. I was out there uh, last week talking to Herb Society downtown at the convention center. They had a big oh, old blues festival going there. And some some little little art garden park type thing. It was so fun. It's great up there. I love yep. it. Well, thanks, thanks for coming. So Appreciate it. All righty. Okay. How we doing, Java? We had the we we had the fifty seven mark, so we got about a minute and a half. Okay. Well, let me just throw a couple of other things out, folks. I do a lot of traveling, uh, learning about stuff here in Florida. The plants don't translate. They grow some cool stuff outside that won't grow for us. But the style of gardening is the same, mixing things up, different size containers, tall stuff, spiky stuff, floppy stuff. It doesn't matter whether it's shrubs or trees or flowers in a flower bed or flowers in a pot. Mixing stuff up, that way if something dies, you can't tell because there's something still left there. Anyway, that's what we're trying to do, learning uh, ways to garden with more efficiency and having a better time without having to really become a, you know, where it just doesn't take care of all of our take up all of our time. So anyway, one of the things we do is uh, try to catch up on emails. Shoot us an email anytime at garden at mpbonline.org and we'll do that best we can. The Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is a laid back but really hard working Java Chapman. Uh, don't know who her phone greet you with today, but I'm your host, Felder Rushing. I'll be thinking of all of y'all this Memorial Day weekend. My son, who is a veteran, and I are down here uh, with our sweethearts for uh, Epcot. We're going to be thinking about Memorial Day all weekend. And uh, if you will, take a kid to a farmer's market. Take a kid to a, to a garden center. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week.